<laughs> oh my god, that's the scariest thing of all. We're out of beer. No. No. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Nerd Spork Presents a hodgepodge cast where we have a bunch of not so random idiots talking about stuff. Stuff meaning comic books, movies, video games, whatever. We're here. Hello, I am one of your hosts. This is Al. To my left. <laughs> 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 I don't know what that was. <laughs> Just the concept of that was funny. Why is the I house do. making all these weird noises today? It's, it's weird. It's like it's oh. scary for some reason. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know why? Because we're recording this at midnight. Ooh. Well, it's midnight somewhere, <laughs> and the lights are out. And everything is scary today. Oh, yeah, the lights are right there. I don't have to look at you, ugly mother. <laughs> I just set up candles everywhere. That's the only thing that's illuminating oh, I you the were room. Just trying to be romantic. I was, but then I just yeah, thought yeah, yeah, you, yeah, had, yeah, you yeah, had you yeah, had ulterior yeah, motives. Yeah. You had ulterior motives. See, he got his liquors up. He got yeah. his liquored up. He got well, candles, so he well, got I'm, nice and I'm, sensuous. I'm, yeah, you a player? Yeah. <laughs> now I'm flattered, but I'm taken already. So. Halloween, idiots! Today is <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Oh, Halloween. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. We? We're celebrating Halloween. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, case, in case you're wondering about Al's voice, um, since I'm Evil Ray, I was possessed you know, by one of my lesser demons. He kind of took control, and I tried to strangle Al. <laughs> Other demons took over, and, you know, you idiot, we're going to get booze out of this, so we let him go. So that's why he's a little raspy right now. I'm a little raspy today, but yeah. uh, the show must go on. So as long as you keep me with beer... <laughs> You'll still live. I will make it through this. So, Victor, do you like the do you like the ambience of 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 tonight's Halloween episode? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's Halloween. We're gonna have I a great time. I wish somebody had a camera. We could take a picture of the ambience. <laughs> well, not a bit. You know, but we don't. So yeah. And we have some 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 lightning. Whoa! You can't just. You can't just say, I try it out. It's not that. You can't just you're not, you're say not lightning and then lightning cracks. I can watch me. Ah, you like that, Victor? You didn't say lightning. <laughs> how did you do that? Wait, Victor, how did you do that? Seriously, it's none of your damn business. That's between me and the Dark Lord. Don't make me summon my 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 army of angry cats. Your army of angry cats. Yes. Ew. I don't want to know about that. So, so Al. They will poop all over your lawn, man. It's like a minefield. <laughs> Who's a big fan of Halloween around here? Oh, wait. I didn't even introduce you fuckers. To my left, we have... Oh, I'm on the left. Yes. More in front of you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pickle Vic. Hey, Vic. How's it going? Uh, nicely pickled. And I see Wait. for Halloween you've dressed up as all a in black, <laughs> or as a pickle. A pickle. <laughs> Don't read too much into he, it. He, he's a zombie pickle. He's all rotted. He's all black and whatever. Smelly. Uh, brine, brine. <laughs> to his left we have Mike. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Yeah. Don't tell me you're dre- today's Halloween. You're dressed up as a Yankee fan. Uh, disappointed Yankee fan. Yeah. A very disappointed Yankee fan. Yes. Not too disappointed. Says the idiot in the giant shirt. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm a football player today. That's my Halloween costume. I'm a football player. He rides the pine. (laughs) He's the place kick holder. That's why you were asleep earlier? (laughs) (laughs) To his left, we have, and to my right, ending the circle here. Evil Ray, Halloween. Finally, I can go out without having people scream at me. Yes. I can go out like normal. Nobody's like, ah! Now it's like, oh, great costume, dude, and I don't even. People don't mind the horns when you're walking around on Halloween. It's normal. Everything is normal for me today. It's (laughs) awesome. People give me candies just so I don't, you know, terrify them for a year. They give me tribute. (laughs) (laughs) They give me tributes. They give me all the candy. We could just be walking down the street. Someone would just lay a dead lamb in front of you, (laughs) and then and then run away. (laughs) How was that about? Let's see what happens. (laughs) I almost strangled you. At least if you give me like tribute. You'll Tribute. Survive. You're a good demon. Yes. <laughs> you give him beer. That's all he wants. Don't uh, don't let that spread because then you'll ruin my evil rep. Any case. I told you. <laughs> any case. Halloween. Who enjoys Halloween? I do. Do you, Halloween's Mike? All right. You don't like it? 
It's okay. I mean, candy. I don't. Really I get to do take much. candy from children, <laughs> <laughs> and it's allowed. Is this supposed to be the other way around? <laughs> no, he's about? evil. Remember, is evil. Oh, that's right. That's right. He's evil. <laughs> they, they come. They knock on my door and they offer me a basket and I just take some candy. It's awesome. <laughs> they, so. they, they they go away with tears in their eyes. This is the greatest. <laughs> That's not how this Holiday. works. <laughs> That's not how any of this works. <laughs> what? You should try it. It's awesome. They knock on your door. They offer you this basket full of candy, and they say, trick or treat. You reach in, you say, trick, and then you slam the door in their face. It's awesome. And then you go, mmm, treats. <laughs> and I just slam the door in their face. Exactly. That's why I love Halloween. I get to be normal evil, and everybody you know, is okay with it. Except, nice, when they, yeah. Except when they call the cops or, you know, they show up come at for it. Or, yeah, come well, that's why you, ne- you never use your own house. You always go find one of the abandoned, haunted ones, you know, that's rigged for demolition. <laughs> Communication got a little skewed in hell. Or <laughs> 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 coming to Earth. I don't know. So, today, I would like tonight. to... Tonight. Ooh. Yeah, I'm really scary Wait, already. That's... <laughs> oh, this is scary. Wait, I was striking the wrong tone. I'm sorry. Tonight, tonight. Oh, that's you are going to die tonight. <laughs> so, uh, worse, tonight we will live. <laughs> so, I'm going to play a little game oh, here. I'm going to kill you all. I'm going to play a little game. I'm going to see who can I scare tonight among the four of us. <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Yeah, that's how you're going to scare us, by coughing on us and uh, getting us sick. So, Halloween, introducing a story for you, Mike. This one does going to really scare you. Are you ready? Good. <laughs> Take your <laughs> different silence. He's terrified. I'm so terrified I can't speak. Tonight's spooky Halloween story is called to you by is called Voices. It's scary when you think your best friend is going crazy. That's what I thought about Laura at first. She would tell me secrets that no one else knew. Secrets that made chills run up and down my spine. Then I found out the truth about the voices. And now, I'm worried. Laura kept the secret to herself for a long time. I knew something was really wrong with her. Her face had gotten a drawn, worried look that never went away. And I could hardly remember when I'd seen her smile last. Then, one morning in English class, I realized how sick Laura really was. She was sitting at the desk right across from me, staring out the window and looking like the world had come to an end. I tore off a piece of paper and wrote her a quick note. It said, why are you acting like somebody died? Laura jumped when I nudged her and passed the note. She opened it and seemed to stare at it forever. Then she looked at me with the most frightened expression I'd ever seen on anyone's face. Just then, Mr. Dudley, our English teacher, asked me to recite the first stanza of Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. I stumbled on the first line of the poem, but finished the stanza without any trouble. It was one of my favorite poems, but today, its eeriness unnerved me. When Mr. Dudley asked someone on the other side of the room to recite the next stanza, I looked over at Laura again. She had a note ready and slipped it to me when Mr. Dudley wasn't looking. I unfolded the paper and read the short sentence inside. There's going to be an accident. Right away, I looked up from the note to Laura's face. She was staring at me with her big brown eyes full of fear. I looked back down at the note and read the sentence again. Laura had written it like a statement of fact, not a guess or a question. I wondered what kind of strange game she was playing with me. I tore off another piece of my homework paper and wrote, Are you crazy? Then I folded it up and threw it onto Laura's desk. I didn't think Laura could look any worse than she already did, but I was wrong. As soon as she read my note, her face twisted up like she was being pinched with pain. She quickly tore off another scrap of paper and scribbled something on it. Then she passed me the note without meeting my eyes. As I opened it, I realized my hands were shaking. You'll see, the note said. 
Laura avoided me in school all the rest of the day. I couldn't find her at her locker when classes were over, and I decided to walk home with someone else. That night, I thought about calling her, but something inside held me back. The next morning, I met Laura's eyes the minute I walked into English class. She was staring straight at the door, as though she were waiting for me. But after I walked into the room, she kept on staring at the same spot. I passed by Mr. Dudley's desk and noticed a substitute teacher standing there. The whole class was buzzing with talk. As soon as I slipped behind my desk, Meredith turned around in front of me. Mr. Dudley and his wife were in a terrible car accident last night, she whispered. His wife might even die, and Mr. Dudley won't be back for a long time. I felt tears welling up in my eyes. Poor Mr. Dudley. He had been married for only a year, and now he might lose his wife. Suddenly, I felt a shiver pass through my body, and I looked over at Lara. Her dark eyes were shining like hard jewels, and there was a weird, twisted little smile on her face. See? I'm not crazy. She whispered to me. I shrank back from her glittering stare. I couldn't believe that this was my best friend, whom I'd known since kindergarten. She didn't even seem to feel sorry for Mr. Dudley. Then the truth hit me like a shockwave. Somehow, Laura had known about the accident before it happened. She had written about it in her note yesterday. I felt so sick that I couldn't look at her all during the rest of the class. I ran from the room before so she could get her books together. Then I hung around with a big group of girls for the rest of the day so I wouldn't have to talk to her. On the way home from school, Laura finally caught up with me. I heard her voice call out my name from down the street, and I wanted to start running, but instead, I slowed down and tried to stay calm. Wait! Laura called again. I need to talk to you! I stopped and waited for Laura to catch up. She was panting in a funny way, as though she were out of breath. When she came up to me, her eyes looked wild, and there was a glossy sheen of perspiration covering her face. You're not going out tonight, are you? She asked in a shaky voice. No, of course not, I said. I'm studying for my math test tonight, and after that I have to finish my social studies project. I hoped she wasn't going to ask to come over and study with me, because I'd never be able to concentrate with her around. Good, Laura said tensely. Just be sure to stay home tonight. There's going to be a terrible fire. I looked at her for a long minute and then blurted out something that I instantly regretted. Who's starting the fire? You? Laura's face twisted up again like something was torturing her inside. They just told me there'd be a big fire. I don't know who's starting it. She hissed. All of a sudden, I couldn't stand the way she was acting anymore. I reached over and grabbed her shoulders and shook her. What are you talking about, Laura? I asked, staring straight into her cold, shiny eyes. Who tells you these horrible things? Laura pulled away from me and ran off down the street, never turning around to look back. The rest of the way home, I tried to decide what I was going to do. I could tell my parents about the things she said, or could I talk with the school counselor? But what if they all thought Laura was crazy too? That night I stayed at home, even though my little brother begged me to take him to the movies. By 11 o'clock, I had just finished my social studies project. I heard the television news blare out from the living room downstairs. I could hear the sounds of screaming and yelling. I rushed down the steps to see what had happened, my heart pounding with anxiety. When I saw the television, I knew my worst fears had come true. On the screen, the movie theater downtown was being consumed by the orange flames of a terrible fire. I started to feel sick inside. It happened again. Somehow, Laura had known about the fire ahead of time. Finally, I couldn't stand the thoughts that were crowding in my brain anymore. I ran to the telephone and dialed Laura's number. After two rings, her mother answered. She told me that Laura couldn't possibly come to the phone. She had been sick in bed all night with a fever, muttering strange things as though she were delirious. I hung up the phone and stared at the wall. If Lara had been home all night, she couldn't have started the fire. But I knew that she couldn't have just guessed it was going to happen. Not that, and the car accident, too. Lara wasn't in school the next day. All the other kids were talking about the movie theater fire. 
Luckily, it had happened between shows, but the police hadn't found any clues as to who had started it. I went through my classes in a daze, torn between wanting to keep Laura's secret and wanting to blurt it out to anyone who would listen. Finally, the last bell of the day rang, and while I walked home, I decided to tell my parents about Laura. But as soon as I walked through the front door, I saw my mother waiting in the hallway with a worried look on her face. Laura's in the hospital, she said softly. She's very sick, and she's been asking for you. I felt a chill run through me as I dropped my books on the hallway table and followed my mother out to the car. I wanted to do everything that I could to help Lara, but now I was really afraid. We drove to the hospital in silence. Mom tried to start conversations, but my mind was occupied with thoughts of Lara. What if she told me another one of her secrets? What would I do about it? As I walked into Lara's hospital room, my heart started to pound at the sight of her on the bed. Her face had been drained of color, but her eyes were shining like bright little stones with a glint of red in the very middle. When Lara saw me, she beckoned to me to come closer. I walked up to the side of her bed and leaned over her, but Lara reached up and pulled my head down even closer to hers. They say I'm going to die, she whispered in my ear. The doctors? I asked in a trembling voice, afraid to meet her eyes. No, the voices, Lara said. Voices say I'm going to die very soon. I was shaking now and wanted to run out of the room, but Lara had been my best friend and I knew she needed me. There aren't any voices, Lara, I said, trying to calm her down. And you're going to get better. I pulled my head away to look at her. The little twisted smile gave her pale face a scary expression. I'm not crazy, she whispered. They talk to me all the time. The voices do. Suddenly, she grabbed the back of my neck and pulled my head down next to hers. Then she hissed in my ear. Listen! I screamed and pulled my head away. Then I stared down at Lara as she slumped against the pillow with her eyes shut and a smile of contentment on her face. The voices told me that I should stay and say goodbye to Lara because it would be the last time I would ever see her. But I thought if I started running, I could get away from them. I was wrong. The voices have been talking to me for two months now. And I'm worried. Everything they told me has come true. And lately, they've been talking about an accident. They're trying to make me guess who the victim will be. But I think I already know. Oh, damn. That was a good story there, wasn't it, Mike? Yes. Yeah, Holy shit, it was. Did you get scared? Are scary. Did you get scared? <laughs> I know you got scared. You're shivering over there. What's that smell, Mike? Damn it. He always smells like that. He doesn't shower often. It was a good he story. He it, supplied it. <laughs> it was a good story. Come on, Mike. You liked it. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a good one. Very good. You liked it, Victor? Not much scares me, really. To be no, with you. Nothing really scares you? No. I don't I know. Sure. Schizophrenics is crazy. You never know what they're going to do next. They have voices. <laughs> they tell you to do Trust me. I know. You know how many times I tell people to do things and they do it? Then I get blamed for it? <laughs> hey, free will, okay? Victor, that, I just give you suggestions. That don't mean you have to do what I tell you. Mm-hmm. Victor, that, that laugh there kind of scared me, though. What laugh? The laugh you just did a little while ago. That laugh? Yes. <laughs> that laugh. It's like a super laugh. Where's that lightning coming from, Victor? What lightning? This lightning? Stop doing that. What? Stop doing this? (laughs) What the hell are you doing that crap? Stop doing that crap, Victor. What crap? This crap? (laughs) You guys are morons. So I think we're the morons. You think you have the power over nature? I have the power over the human mind condition. Lightning. Okay, so. <laughs> now, now it's becoming a little scary. <laughs> no, well, actually, a, it's thunder. Yeah, I'm actually, it's thunder. Lightning is light. Thunder is the sound. Yeah, thunder is you more fun. I edit that. <laughs> no, I'll leave that one in. Right, so. <laughs> so, let me try it again. Thunder. Dude, oh, okay. Thunder. Yeah.
Thunder. Thunder. Thundercats. Thunder. By Thundera. Not you, Lionel. Get out. That's a little kid dressed like Lionel. You idiot. Come on, man. Why are you thinking about more? Give me sight beyond sight. Where is Chitara's room? Here, give me the tree. Now get out. Now you're getting the hang of it. Yeah. Now I'm learning. What was your... um, I'm going to go around the table real quick. Ray. Evil evil Ray, sorry. Yes. What was your favorite candy in Halloween? What was the favorite candy you should like getting? I actually like the strawberry ones. The ones that came with a little strawberry (coughs) wrapper to look like strawberries. They were hard candy, but like the insides were like gooey and soft. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Those were my favorites. And every time for Halloween when I would get all the different candies, I would sort them. I would save those for like my last. Those had to be eaten last. I don't remember those candy. Were they like yeah. Jolly Ranchers? No, they're like strawberries. No, like candy. no, like, like those. Um, and they come with a little wrapper that makes them look like strawberries. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. those were my favorite. Yeah, those, the other candies. Those, those are more old school candy stuff. Uh, I after a while I just couldn't stand candy corn. You, get, you like candy corn? I, I, when I was younger. I never like candy corn. Two or three years. Yeah, I'm over but candy corn. But then after yeah. a while I just got sick of the taste. Like. If anybody offers me candy corn now, I will have to kill them. <laughs> I'm over candy corn. I cannot I, have I can't candy stand corn. Candy I can't candy corn. stand candy corn anymore. I never liked it. I've tried eating it. You know one of the reasons I don't like candy corn? Because it comes loose. Like, I've never seen them in a bag. You're like, no one has ever given me you candy corn in a little bag. bag. And you put it in your in your, in your candy bag. Well, Every time I get it, get it, it always came yeah. loose. I, o- no, I, I have a little bag. I always always got it in a bag. No, I always got it loose. That's why I never ate them. Yeah, because you no, but he, yeah, but, yeah, but weird, even, nasty parents, <laughs> weird, nasty <laughs> houses. Yeah, cause, yeah, because even if you pack them like in like the little individual, you know, trick or treat bags, bags, but they still come Ooh. loose. You know, they're not they're not individually individually wrapped. Thank God I didn't eat oh. them then, because I always found those things loose in my my candy bag after trick or treating. Mm, you sure those were candy corns <laughs> and not like methamphetamines and pills? <laughs> <laughs> different colors. Uh. Your parents are just trying to drug you, Mike. Favorite uh, candy when you were trigger treating? Um, what was the one that used to hold for last, as Ray says? Uh, usually the candy bars, especially if it was like a Nestle Crunch or a Milky Way bar or something like that. Kit Kats, right? And Kit Kats, yeah. Kit so, Kats were good. You, yeah, usually the candy bars, I'd, I'd wait the last. A lot of people didn't give out, like, candy bars were in my name. The, the little ones, though. Like know, the, the, the little ones. The one-thirds. People didn't always do that. They no? Were, it was mostly like, you know, hard candy. It was, yeah, usually hard candy. Mints. Like, what's, that's hard really candy. evil. How are you going to give a kid a mint for Halloween? That's just mints are good. Yeah, but not for Halloween. Not for Halloween, no. Really? No. Mints for Halloween. No. You, I always had those as a palate cleanser. Yeah, you get like... Yeah, it doesn't count. <laughs> I had a mint for it's a palate cleanser. Sweet. I'd be like, oh, I ate so much chocolate. Yeah. Pop in a mint. I'm ready for something different now. <laughs> different time of year. I wish you would that's take mints now. <laughs> what are you talking about? Come on, giving mints for Halloween, that's just wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, that's evil. I never thought that. You I, know. I never thought that there was a problem with mints. I like mints. Not for Halloween, though. Halloween is supposed to be a good candy. <laughs> Victor. Mm. Favorite Halloween that you said to keep at the end. Uh, favorite Halloween candy, sorry. That you oh, keep at shoot. The end. I don't know. Mostly anything chocolate. You know, Milky Ways, Three Musketeers bars, M&M's, stuff like that. You know, literally anything chocolate. That's really? mostly what I get. Yeah, I can I'll, tell you what my favorite is now. My favorite now is M and M's. When you trick or treat now? Yeah. Well, no, no trick or treat. At now. the good old age of thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, trick or treating is awesome. They knock on your door, <laughs> for your basket, you take and you slam the door in their face. That's not how it works. That's trick for them, treat for me. That's, that's exactly. not no. It works for me. No, it's not. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> that's, that's so wrong. <laughs> Try it. Try it. It's no. Fun. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, you have kids. You know what you're going to do after they come home with all their candy? You're going to sort through it with I'm the whole I'm a daddy loose. taste tester. I taste exactly. the candy. You got to make sure all their candies are safe. Oh, I don't think this one is safe. I, I got to take that one. That's not good for you. That's not safe. So yeah, you do no, it this in your had, This way. had peanuts in it. You might have no. peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> I like the... Um, especially M&M's now. M&M's, there's just so many more different kinds of M&M's than when we were kids. Yeah, they, got, yeah. they got peanut butter M&M's. They got Rice Krispie M&M's. They got almond M&M's. They got... Mm. Ones with caramel in it now. <laughs> I like the plain old M and M's were good, and but at the peanuts were the as far as I would go in terms of the M and M's. The peanut M and M's I like too. That was yeah. the edge for you. Though. Yeah, that was the edge. <laughs> I want to go yeah. further than. Yeah, it wasn't a candy, but when I was a kid, there were several pet shops in the neighborhood, and you would go trick or treat there, and they would give you like a goldfish. <laughs> 
So we would rack up on fish because we would go to like the two or three different ones. Like we had like a little route planned and we would go like they, we would stop there like early on. And then on our way back home, we would stop there again. And since everybody's in costume, they don't recognize so he could double up. We'd end up with like a fish tank with like full of fish. They would last about a year. They would you die. just swap like, masks yeah. with people. <laughs> yeah, I would wear one mask, my brother another. Then we would switch on the way back and we would end up with like a fish tank full of goldfish. They would last about a year. And then when they start dying, it's like, oh, Halloween's like two weeks away. We can rack <laughs> and then one year they stopped doing that um, so here's another scary story for you Victor I bet I can scare you on this one. Oh, okay sure go ahead because I know you're not a big fan of roaches no I hate roaches They're disgusting. oh yeah I got a good story for you I don't mind them outside like if I see a roach on the street you go your way I go mine no problem I see you in my bathroom you're fucking dead <laughs> I feel the same way about water bugs oh, yeah that's what I'm talking about if, the big if, ones. I, ever oh, see, if I ever see a water bug in my apartment I do not sleep until he dies the big ones I could be I lost get one. ready for bed and it's like 2 o'clock in the morning I'll see one and there have been times I have hunted this damn thing because they get into the little corners and I will do everything I can. I do not sleep until it dies. I'll tell you my little last water bug adventure after the story. <laughs> All right. So this story, Victor, which I know you're going to shit your pants. Literally. Please don't. But <laughs> it's called... <laughs> it's called... Sorry, guys. The Gecko. Jason flicked on the light switch in his kitchen and, with a shudder, watched the cockroaches scurry into hiding. One slipped under the toaster. Another ran into a food cabinet. Two more disappeared behind the refrigerator. The sight of the cockroaches made Jason's stomach turn. He had wanted to make an evening snack, but now the thought of food repulsed him. What if a cockroach was in the bread drawer? What if one scurried out from the refrigerator when he opened the door? Jason flicked off the light again and crept back into his living room. He stared at the white walls of the small room, thinking how it looked like a prison cell with its windows barred against robbers. Jason shook his head and asked himself why he had ever come to New York City. It was a cold, lonely place to be if you didn't have friends or a family. Jason thought he could almost stand the loneliness if it weren't for one thing, the cockroaches. His apartment was infested by hundreds and hundreds of them. The roaches made him feel like a prisoner in his own home. At first, he had tried to kill them with a shoe or a newspaper, but they were always too fast, and they could always find somewhere to hide. Now, whenever he saw one, he ran away from it, from the kitchen into the living room, from the living room into the bedroom. But the roaches never let him alone. Only when he was asleep at night could Jason rid his brain of their quick, scurrying bodies. Jason eased himself down onto his couch and carefully picked up the newspaper. Very slowly he opened it and shook out the pages. Once, a roach had jumped out from the sports section, but tonight the paper was safe. Jason glanced over from the front section, reading the headlines and editorials. Then he turned to the second section and, immediately, a headline caught his eye. He leaned forward in anticipation as he read through the article. Then, with a nervous smile playing on his lips, he pulled out a notebook from his jacket pocket and wrote down an important word he had just learned. Gecko. Jason couldn't stop thinking about the article all through work the next day. Finally, at 5 o'clock, he left the office and hurried to the pet store that he always passed on his way home. He ran the last block just to be sure he got there before it closed. After pushing open the front door, Jason walked past the fish and hamsters and kittens in the front of the store. He went down the crowded corridor to the back, where the more exotic and less popular pets were kept. There, beside a case full of snakes, Jason found the gecko. It sat alone in its class case, staring at him with its green, popped-out eyes. Jason stared at its brown, striped body covered with scaly bumps. It was bigger, much bigger, than he thought it would be. Then, suddenly, the lizard jumped up toward Jason onto the side of the glass and stuck there. With a mixture of disgust and fascination, Jason studied the sticky pads on each of the gecko's feet. He had read about those in the article, with them, the gecko could climb up any smooth surface, even a ceiling. The gecko's cold stare and scaly body turned Jason's stomach. By 
but then he saw the sign hanging at the bottom of its case. It read, Cockroach Killer. That was why Jason had come to the pet store to find the strange animal. In the newspaper, he had read that one gecko could eat 10, 20, even 30 cockroaches a night. It got its name, the article said, from the high-pitched bark it made, especially after eating its prey. Jason took a final look at the lizard and decided he had to buy it, no matter how big and ugly it was. A sales assistant walked by just then and asked to help him. Jason asked her if this was a normal-sized gecko. She admitted that it had grown quickly and was bigger than usual, but she pointed out that its size would make it an even hungrier hunter. Hesitantly, Jason said he would buy it. A short time later, he walked out of the store with the gecko in a clear plastic carrying case. When Jason walked into his apartment that night, he flicked on the lights and quickly looked around for the scurrying bodies that greeted him each time he came home. Ten, he counted. Ten cockroaches by the front door alone. They crept into cracks in the floor and hid under the living room furniture. Jason gritted his teeth and walked into the apartment. He set the gecko down in the small round table that he used for eating and working. Immediately, the lizard jumped onto the side of the plastic case, staring up at him with its weird green eyes. Jason shrugged off his coat and sat down on a chair in front of the gecko. He pulled out the newspaper article from his jacket pocket. The perfect pet for the city dweller. The hungry gecko. The headlines read. Jason skimmed through the article again to read what he was supposed to do with the gecko next. According to the writer, all he had to do was let the gecko loose in his apartment. Unlike most pets, it required no care. It fed itself on cockroaches. And in fact, an owner seldom saw the gecko again. It only came out at night, in the dark, to hunt its prey. Jason noticed that his hands were trembling as he laid the article down on the table. He hesitated and then reached up to lift off the top of the plastic case. Just as he touched the lid, the gecko leaped up and stuck onto it. Jason jerked his hands away and stared at the ugly lizard. Suddenly, the thought of it loose in his apartment made his skin crawl. Then, out of the corner of his eye he saw yet another cockroach scurry across the floor. That settled it. Jason quickly reached over to the plastic case and flipped open the lid. The gecko froze for a moment under the bright light. Its scaly tail flicked back and forth. Its green eyes darted around the room. Then it suddenly sprang up and leaped onto the floor near the cockroach. Within seconds, the gecko had chased the cockroach under the refrigerator and disappeared from sight. Jason sat silently for a moment, stunned by the thought of what he had done. Now a lizard was hiding in the dark places of his apartment along with the cockroaches. He tried to comfort himself by picking up the newspaper article and reading it again. Finally, with wary steps, he walked into the kitchen and began to make himself dinner. Jason took his food into the living room and sat down in front of the television to eat. He watched a long movie that took his mind off the gecko until he flicked off the set at midnight. Feeling strangely exhausted, he stumbled into his bedroom and got ready for the night. Jason lay down in bed and shut his eyes, feeling as though he could sleep forever. As sleep began to slowly steal over his mind, a strange crunching sound suddenly broke the silence of the apartment. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Jason's body tensed and then he sat bolt upright in bed. He strained his ears, waiting for the sound to come again. Crunch, crunch, crunch. A second later, a weird bark pierced the quiet of the night, shattering Jason's nerves. Gecko, gecko, gecko. The sound of the gecko's bark made Jason's blood run cold. He fell back in bed and pulled the covers up tightly around his neck. His mind fled back to the newspaper article. It had never mentioned the horrible crunching sound that the gecko made as it ate the hard shells of the cockroaches, and it had never said how loud the gecko barked. Then Jason remembered that his gecko was bigger than most. Maybe that was why it was so loud. Crunch, crunch, crunch. The gecko was eating another cockroach. The sound scratched at Jason's brain like fingernails against a chalkboard. He buried his head under a pillow, but even the pillow couldn't keep out the gecko's bark of triumph as it swallowed its prey. 
The next morning, Jason stumbled into the bathroom and stared at his drawn, white face in the mirror. A strange glint played in his dark eyes, and his lips were pale and pulled down at the corners into an anxious grimace. He wondered if anyone would notice how he looked at work today. He wondered how he would get through the day at all. When he finally left the office at 5 o'clock, Jason began to follow his old route home. But as he drew closer and closer to his building, the slower and slower he walked. He didn't want to go back to his apartment where the gecko was waiting for him in the dark. Jason stopped at a small Italian restaurant to eat an inexpensive meal of spaghetti for dinner. Afterwards, he went to see a double feature at a movie theater, which lasted for four hours. Finally, just before midnight, he pushed open the door to his apartment. As Jason flicked on the entrance light, a weird bark shattered the silence. He jumped and then looked straight up at the ceiling, just above his head. The gecko's striped body was pressed there. It was crunching on a half-dead cockroach. For a few seconds, Jason stared at it in horror. The gecko seemed to have grown during the day, and it was staring at him as though it was still hungry. Jason ran for his bedroom and slammed the door shut. He locked it behind him and stood shaking in the dark. The gecko couldn't have followed him in that quickly, he told himself. He was safe here in the bedroom. Nervously, he undressed, slipped into bed, and lay there trembling. He tried to calm his nerves and soothe his mind into sleep. There would be no crunching tonight, he told himself. No crunching. No barking. Only sleep. Then, out of the darkness came the sound. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Jason screamed in panic as his nerves snapped. The gecko was somewhere in the room, hunting and eating. He buried his head under the covers, but still he couldn't shut out the gecko's bark as it set off to find another victim in the dark bedroom. The next morning, Jason watched his shaking hands spill coffee from his cup. Again, the gecko had kept him awake almost all night with his murderous crunching and barking. But Jason noticed that there was only one cockroach in the kitchen that morning, and there had been none in the bathroom. Slowly but surely, the gecko was stalking and killing them, one by one, through the long nights. Just then, Jason saw the gecko dart from his bedroom into the kitchen. He choked back a scream as he saw the gecko's bloated body barely squeezing under the refrigerator. It had grown even bigger during the night. Suddenly, Jason put down his coffee and stared at the wall as a new thought crept into his mind. What would happen if the gecko ran out of roaches to eat? By the end of the week, Jason could not find one roach anywhere in the apartment, no matter how hard he searched. There were none in the refrigerator. None scurried away when he came in the door at night. None hid under the wastebasket in the bathroom or inside the magazines on his nightstand. Jason had noticed something else. The gecko's crunching had become louder and louder, but less and less frequent during the night. Still, Jason had not slept. Now the silence worried him as much as the crunching had. That evening, Jason watched television until his eyes burned with fatigue. Finally, he crept into the bedroom and lay there perfectly still and dark. He waited and waited for the crunching sound to come, but the room was quiet, as quiet as a tomb. In his mind, Jason pictured all the places where the gecko might be. Was it lurking in the dusty floor under his refrigerator? Was it pressed up against the warm glass of his television screen? Or was it in the dark bedroom? Maybe it was crawling across the ceiling above him at this very moment. Maybe it was hungry. Later that night, the police rushed into the apartment building to answer a call from Jason's next-door neighbor. She reported terrible screaming coming from his apartment, followed by a weird crunching sound and then a blood-curdling bark. The police broke down Jason's locked door and searched the apartment. Jason was nowhere to be found. His bed was empty except for a few suspicious stains on the sheets. And although they looked everywhere else, the police forgot to look under the bed. There, hiding in the dark, was the bloated gecko, full at last.
That was definitely a scary one. Victor. Roaches are still gross. Roaches are gross. You know what's scary is that, that, that that's how expensive New York apartments are, that this guy still had to go back to his apartment with roaches and a giant gecko. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than, you know, like have somewhere else to live. It's like I still have to go home because I can't afford anywhere else to go. Exactly. That's yeah. scary. Like, but I still hate those things. Like the last last time I saw like a big one was like it was two thirty in the morning. I had gotten up to go to the bathroom before I went to sleep, and like it was scurrying around the hallway. So, so I grabbed like a sandal. Oh, wow, you had a piece of shit that was scurrying around the hallway. That is scary, <laughs> dude. That was terrifying. Intro to the next story. No, <laughs> the roach, oh, the monster, man. the monster shit, the water bug. <laughs> shit came out the toilet. So. <laughs> What the hell did you eat? Was that Taco Bell again? (laughs) No, it was White Castle. (laughs) There goes our White Castle Castle sponsorship. Last night I stopped on the street on the way home and just grabbed like three White Castle burgers. And then like half an hour later, I'm in the bathroom. (laughs) Now that's evil. It doesn't matter. They taste awesome. But anyway, the White Castle's not the bathroom. Anyway, the thing, about, the thing about the water bug is, you know, I see it in the hallway, right? I grab a sandal to, to smack it down, and I hit it, but I don't know what happened if it got under the gap of the sandal, or I just no, mi- no, no, I don't no, think no, I no. missed. These are New York water bugs. They're built like Sherman tanks. Yeah, so you anyway, I just, think like, I got it, right? A slip rack. I think you like, have yeah. to stomp I didn't on flick them. it. I like, bam. You Dude, know? I have stomped on one. And I'm like, you know, Bruce Lee, like, oh, with the face, like, yeah. And I'm like, I killed him finally after like an hour of hunting him down. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I get up and I look and he's smashed. And I turn around to get the dustpan to like flush him down. And he's still twitching and moving. I'm like, these yeah. things are built like tanks, man. Yeah. They just so anyway, won't I, die. I, I slam the slipper down, the sandal down on him. And, well, he gets away. He didn't, he didn't, I didn't kill it. And it just scurries into like the living room closet. Yeah, and now the lights are all off. He was looking at you like Schwarzenegger. Come on, do it. I'm here. Kill me. It's like the lights are off. It's two thirty in the morning. Do I want to go hunting this thing? So yes. I just, yes. just no. Actually, I just gave up. I went, you let him live. Yes, I you went. There's too there are just too many. There's too much. There's just too much junk in there. And okay, so I went to sleep. They must die. I, so I get up the next morning. Nothing is certain. <laughs> Don't you know while you yeah. were sleeping he was plotting? Yeah. And so I went. I go to the bathroom. I pull the the, the shower curtain, and there he is. I assume the, you off. He's he's sitting there at the edge of the tub. I assume the same guy. But this, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I grab paper towel and I crushed him. You have time. to make an example of them because no. then their friends show up. No, you just like, leave that dead body, that dead carcass. In I'm the middle assume it's the same guy. I didn't see another one, but I gra- I grabbed him and I crushed him. Let, let my, me give you a little tip in a towel. <laughs> Victor, like, like let me give you a little tip in terms of <laughs> water you bugs. Between the alcohol and the candles. Here, you don't need <laughs> you stomp over and over, right. over and over again. This, this is how you have to do it. Stomp and schmear. Stomp but then you and leave a schmear. Stain you gotta clean up. After <laughs> it's the that. only way to make you sure they're dead. Them. Yeah, you, have you to kill them first. It's the stomp and schmear. Later. Yo, exactly. One time, I didn't even have a slipper, and it was like, oh my god, it's my bare foot, and I had like there was like an aerosol can. And matches nearby. I set that fucker on fire. I was flipping, and then I had to stomp on him for real. I actually Kids, found do a not shoe. try that at home yourself. I actually had to find a shoe because he was flipping around. I was like, oh my god, I set my apartment on fire. You guys see like a little fireball going across the living room floor. <laughs> I really admit, it was leaving a burnt trail. Burn. Leaving a burnt trail on the living room floor. Wow, okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I Jeez, hate you really things. are evil. Because <laughs> I'm not afraid. I just hate them. <laughs> Apparently, know, no, no. You know what? I'm gonna. This, this is why. Because I remember I had actually had like a little thing when I was a kid. I lived in my grandmother's house for like the first two years, and one of my earliest memories was I remember I was asleep and I woke up. And when I woke up, <laughs> you know, it's like the middle of the Thunder. night. Everything is dark, and I'm looking down, and I remember seeing something moving on me. So I freak out. And I start screaming, and my mom wakes up, and she flicks the light on, and I have this huge water bug on me. Oh, oh that's the and, worst you know, nightmare. she flicks it away, and she stomps on it, whatever. And I didn't remember that for years. It took a while before one day I was killing a water bug, and the memory flashed. And I'm like, oh, this is why I can't stand you, little It's that same fucker. <laughs> <laughs> you ever have one go up your leg? 
Yes. No, not a water bug. I did. <laughs> a roach. I a roach. Leg. Not a. I was no. I was visiting. <laughs> a water bug. No, 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 no. I wasn't. I wasn't visiting. I was house sitting for my brother. He had gone on vacation to Florida, so he's like, "Do me a favor, just go down and check out my apartment, make sure everything is okay every now and again." So his internet connection was better than mine. So I was like, "Screw it! I'll go down. I'll go downstairs. I'll hook up my Xbox, you know, and I'll just you know play some Halo, play some video games, maybe watch his, you know, TV, whatever." And I'm Porn. sitting down on the chair. Yeah, that's that too. That's Somebody told me you can watch it on TV. <laughs> and I'm sitting down, you know, I'm watching, and all of a sudden, you know how you get like a little itch on your leg? Yeah. So I do a little scratch thing, and I'm playing, and like two minutes later, here's another itch on my leg. Scratch again, and like ten seconds later, I feel the damn. It's, I feel something like, up my You leg. feel like a tickle up your oh leg. Oh, my God. I'm <laughs> up, and I'm stomping my foot because I feel something yeah. there. And when I, I'm shaking my pants, I'm stomping my foot, and it falls out, and I freak out furiously. Oh. And I stomped on him again. <laughs> And again, and again, and I cursed him out. You motherfucker, you touched me, you bastard. You... I was pissed. He's so violated. I jumped in the shower. I showered. I'm like scrubbing my legs with like soap. Still not clean. Ray's Still folded over clean. in the bat in the tub, crying. Still not clean. No, I wasn't crying because I was triumphant. Landlord came. He's like, I heard a woman screaming. What happened? That was the that was the water bug. You know what's scary about all these stories? Hmm. They were telling me at midnight. Oh yes, at <laughs> well, midnight. It's past midnight now. So. It's a little after midnight yeah. Yeah. with, with all the rain and the now it's November the rain first. and the Isn't it like and all right now, Zombies Day or All Souls Day or all it doesn't work for you. It only works for me. It only works for me. What? Thunder. <laughs> God damn it, Vic. <laughs> yeah. See, that Pickle Vic, he has these uh, yes. powers now. <laughs> scientific experiments. So anyway, I had one come up my leg, too. I was, like, wearing my baggy pajama short, pajama pants, and, like, I felt the itch. <laughs> I was just sitting in my chair. I was like, what the... Oh, shit! <laughs> 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 you say it, then you do it. <laughs> and then it took a while to find it because it like crawled under my bed, so I had to go looking for it after oh, that. God. Oh, It becomes a mission after Water a while. You don't kill them right away. Water, yeah, they, they, if you don't kill them, they, they plot. The public service announcement. If you see a water bug, kill them dead. Do not stop. Do not sleep. Stomp and smear. Remember, stomp and smear. But do not but do not put them on fire. That could be a health hazard. Yeah, don't do that. I might have been homeless after that. <laughs> so, Victor, I hear you have a story. Oh, yeah, I do. Of a lovely lady? <laughs> Living with three very lovely girls. <laughs> oh, can we watch that on your... Uh... <laughs> Wait, which, web- which website are you on right now? <laughs> I don't see your laptop screen. but I... <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. No, she, no, she is a lovely lady. Look, yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. in costume. <laughs> <laughs> there's a witch. There's a nurse. Ooh. <laughs> there's a little devil. Oh, that's... That, that one's going from my heart right now. Anyway. We'll leave Ray alone stories? to his Halloween story. <laughs> I'll be back in a little while, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, my story is about a man who is at death's door. Lame. <laughs> and he's not trying to cure himself, but he wants to know what's waiting for him at the other side. So how do you do that? You ask someone who's already dead. Mm. And the story is called There is a Reaper by Charles V. DeVette. Thunder. The amber brown of the liquor disguised the poison it held. And I watched with a smile on my lips as he drank it. There was no pity in my heart for him. He was a jackal in the jungle of life. And I? I was one of the carnivores. There's a lot of the jackals of life to be devoured by the carnivores. Suddenly, the contented look on his face froze into a startled stillness. I knew he was feeling the first savage twinge of the agony that was to come. He turned his head and looked at me. I saw suddenly that I knew what I, was, what I had done. You murderer! He cursed me. And then his body arched in the middle and his voice choked off deep in his throat. For a short minute he sat, tense, his body stiffened by the agony that it rode, unable to move a muscle. I watched the torment in his eyes build up to a crescendo of pain, until the suffering became so great that it filmed his eyes, and I knew that though he still stared directly at me, 
He no longer saw me. Then, as suddenly as the spasm had come, the starch went out of his body, and his back slid slowly down the chair edge. He landed heavily with his head resting limply against the seat of the chair. His right leg doubled up in a kind of jerk before he was still. I knew the time had come. Where are you? I asked. This moment had cost me $60,000. Three weeks ago, the best doctors in the state had given me a month to live. And with $7 million in the bank, I couldn't buy a minute more. I accepted the doctor's decision philosophically, like the gambler that I am. But I had a plan, one which necessity had never forced me to use until now. Several years ago, I had read an article about the medicine men of a certain tribe of aborigines living in the jungles at the source of the Amazon River. They had discovered a process in which the juice of a certain bush, known only to them, could be used to poison a man. Anyone subjected to this poison died. But for a few minutes after life left his body, the medicine men could still converse with him. The subject, though ostensibly and actually dead, answered the medicine men's every question. This was their primitive, though reportedly effective method of catching glimpses of what lay in the world of death. I had conceived my idea at the time I read the article, but I'd never had the need to use it until the doctors gave me a month to live. Then, I spent my $60,000, and three weeks later, I held in my hand a small bottle of the witch doctor's fluid. The next step was to secure my victim, my collaborator, I preferred to call him. The man I chose was a nobody, a homeless, friendless, non-entity picked up off the street. He had once been an educated man, but now he was only a bum, and when he died, he'd never be missed perfect man for my experiment. I'm a rich man because I have a system. The system is simply, I never make a move until I know exactly where that move will lead. My field of operations is a stock market. I spend money unstintingly to secure the information I need before I take each step. I hire the best investigators, bribe employees and persons in positions to give me the information I want. And only when I am at a certain as humanly possible that I cannot be wrong, do I move. And the system never fails. Seven million dollars in the bank is proof of that. Now, knowing that I could not live, I intended to make the system work for me one last time before I died. I'm a firm believer in the adage that any situation can be whipped, given prior knowledge of its coming. And of course, its attendant circumstances. For a moment, he did not answer, and I began to fear that my experiment had failed. Where are you? I repeated, louder and sharper this time. The small muscles about his eyes puckered with an unnormal tension, while the rest of his face held its death frost. Slowly, slowly, unnaturally, as though energized by some hyper-rational power, his lips and tongue moved. The words he spoke were clear. I am in a... in a tunnel, he said. It is lighted dimly, but there is nothing for me to see. Blue veins showed through the flesh of his cheeks like watermarks on translucent paper. He paused, and I urged, Go on. I am alone, he said. The realities I knew no longer exist. I am damp and cold. All about me is a sense of gloom and dejection. It is an apprehension, an emanation, so deep and real as to be almost a tangible thing. The walls to either side of me seem to be formed, not of substance, but rather of the soundless cries of melancholy of spirits I cannot see. I am waiting, waiting in the gloom for something which will come to me. That need to wait is an innate part of my being, and I have no thought of questioning it. His voice died again. What are you waiting for? I asked. I do not know, he said his voice dreary with the despair of centuries of hopelessness. I only know that I must wait. That compulsion is greater than my strength to combat. The tone of his voice changed slightly. The tunnel about me is widening, and now the walls have receded into invisibility. The tunnel has become a plain, but the plain is as desolate, as forlorn and dreary as was the tunnel. And still I stand and wait. How long must this go on? He fell silent again. 
and I was about to prompt him with another question. I could not afford to let the time run out in long silences. But abruptly, the muscles about his eyes tightened, and suddenly a new aspect replaced their hopeless dejection. Now, they expressed a black, bottomless terror. For a moment, I marveled that so small a portion of a facial anatomy could express such horror. There's something coming towards me, he said. A, a beast of brutish foulness. Beast is too inadequate a term to describe it, but I know no words to tell its form. It is an intangible and evasive thing, but very real, and it's coming closer. It has no organs of sight as I know them, but I feel that it can see me, or rather that it is aware of me, with a sense sharper than vision itself. It is very near now. Oh God, the malevolence, the hate, the potentiality of awful, fearsome destructiveness that is its very essence, and still I cannot move. The expression of terrified anticipation centered in his eyes, lessened slightly, and was replaced instantly by its former deep, deep despair. I am no longer afraid, he said. Why? I interjected. Why? I was impatient to learn all that I could before the end came. Because, he paused, because it holds no threat for me. Somehow, someday, I understand. I know that it too is seeking that for which I wait. What is it doing now? I asked. It has stopped beside me, and we stand together, gazing across the stark, empty plain. Now a second awful entity, with the same leashed virulence about it, moves up and stands at my other side. We all three wait, myself with a dark fear of this dismal universe, my unnatural companions with patient, malicious menace. Bits of... He faltered. Of... I can name it only aura. Go out from the beasts like an acid stream and touch me. And the hate and the venom chill my body like a wave of intense cold. Now there are others of the awful breed behind me. We stand, waiting, waiting for that which will come. What it is, I do not know. I could see the pallor of death creeping steadily into the last corners of his lips. And I knew that the end was not far away. Suddenly, a black frustration built up in me. What are you waiting for? I screamed. The tenseness and importance of this moment forced me to lose the iron self-control upon which I have always prided myself. I knew that the answer held the secret of what I must know. If I could learn that, my experiment would not be in vain, and I could make whatever preparations were necessary for my own death. I had to know the answer. Think! Think! I pleaded. What are you waiting for? I do not know! The dreary despair in his eyes, sightless as they met mine, chilled me with a coldness that I felt in the marrow of my being. I do not know, he repeated. I... Yes... I do know. Abruptly, the plasmatic film cleared from his eyes, and I knew that for the first time since the poison struck, he was seeing me clearly. I sensed that this was the last moment before he left for good. It had to be now. Tell me, I command you, I cried. What are you waiting for? His voice was quiet as he murmured softly, implacably, before he was gone. We are waiting, he said, for you. Oh, Victor. What's that thing you're doing with your hand? <laughs> you don't want to know. Victor, that was a scary story, man. I think that's what... I know, right? <laughs> I already know what's on the other side. Fire and brimstone. It's all warm. <laughs> it's light. So I want to go one one more round the table with you guys. So, I'm Evil Ray. I'm afraid. I'm afraid this is going to keep going. Evil Ray, what was your favorite Halloween costume as a kid? My favorite Halloween... Uh, I like G.I. Joe. Always dressed up like an army fatigues and camouflage. That was just me. That was it? Yeah, you know, it was. I was Did you have a I particular G.I. Joe? I was e, an evil army guy. No, because, you know, I had the horns and. Just, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, camouflage, it helped me sneak up on my victims. Oh, okay. Mike, favorite scary. Well, favorite Halloween costume. It didn't have to be scary, but favorite Halloween costume. Hmm. Trying to think, it's the thing. The thing is, though, I stopped dressing up for Halloween like when I was like nine or ten, so I didn't really dress up that much. You didn't really like. You're no. not into. Um, uh, did you like trick or treating? But you didn't dress up. 
No, I really, I didn't really go out trick or treating that much. Really? You mean other, like I said, other, like I said, when I was a little kid, I, I would go was traumatized. I think he opened some guy's door and the guy like took his candy. Was like, it works, <laughs> I tell you, it works. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just you know, you, after like nine or ten years old, you kind of like I kind of just outgrew it. But I think one year I dressed up as Jason. You did a Jason thing? Yeah, so the hockey man. Oh, you mean a mask? A mask and a hatchet, right? Yeah, a hoodie and a mask. Yeah, just the hockey mask and you're good. Victor. Very cheap, very cheap Halloween costume. Favorite Halloween costume? I think I did Indiana Jones one year. I like that. Really? You had the hat and the whip and everything? The fedora, the whip? Yeah, it wasn't the right whip and it wasn't the right kind of fedora. But it was, I'm sure it was the right whip. But I had to find the right girl. It was a, his black leathery whip with a little fan at the end of it. Yeah, like, this would look like Indiana Jones's whip. <laughs> Why did it say S and M on it? Says they Mistress wait, Something wait, on it. They don't label the the whips S and M. I don't think it said <laughs> Mistress <laughs> Something on well, it. Well, you know, Vic, right? You went to the wrong store. That's what. <laughs> It was the best Halloween ever. <laughs> whips, we got tons of whips. Yeah, so yeah, so what was your name? What was your name? Was just what? I don't remember her name. <laughs> she was just mistress. They don't tell you their name. You don't get to know your name. I remember a mystery. Yeah. For me, my favorite uh, Halloween mystery. costume. It also coincided with my favorite Halloween. Was I dressed up as one of the? You remember Centurions? 1980s, 586. Vaguely, yeah. There was a, there were three of them. There was like the one who dressed in, who had the armor of the land. Mm-hmm. Uh, one who can fly. He, he gets the parts of a jets attached to him and stuff. The other guy was a sea guy. The other so guy was what, a sea what, guy. What were you, the space station? <laughs> 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 no, I was the uh, the green, the one who wore the green armor. I think that was the water the, one. No, wasn't that the land guy? No, wasn't the land guy was yellow. Yellow. The the, 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 the jet guy blue, was blue. So, yeah. Oh, porn stash. What? <laughs> the guy in the green armor, he has a porn stash or like a Tom Selleck thing going on. Oh, yeah. yeah. He had a mustache, that's right. Yeah. Okay, that came out of left field. <laughs> oh, so, so you dressed up as a Magnum P.I. then? <laughs> yeah. He was popular back in the day, too. All guys in the Wait, wait, wait. What was his name? Max Ray? I don't remember his it name. Ace McCloud was Ace McCloud was, was the jet dude. I don't remember. Oh, I'm pretty sure the other guy was rock, have, rock something or other. They all look like they're Max Force. Yeah, it was like Max. It was probably rock, have the brown guy was up. rock something or other. They all look forty. They looked old back yeah. in the day. But yeah. Eventually, there were like two more. They added two more. Like a Native American. I don't remember the Indian dude. I just remember that they added two other characters. I don't remember who they were. I think it was a Native American. He didn't have a lot of the armor either. He only had like pieces around him. They just gave him the scraps. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be a centurion? Here, here, there's some pieces here and there. It's just a cod piece. Go ahead, just put that on. <laughs> Got a cannon on his cod. <laughs> That's all he needs. <laughs> that is my cannon. <laughs> this one's for shooting. This one's for fun. <laughs> Max Ray. Yeah, he was the uh, the sea guy. Yeah, that was when I I, I dressed up. Um, Jake Rockwell, uh, rugged oh, van- see, uh, I told you Rock was somewhere in that guy's name. <laughs> Rockwell, if you smell, yeah. <laughs> uh, rugged land operations specialist and Ace McCloud, rugged land. It had to be rugged, yeah, daring air operations expert. Yeah. But my costume was like the old nineteen eighties where you would buy like at the ninety nine cent store the pla- the, the cheap yeah, plastic mask with the smock mask that would you know suffocate yeah. you. Oh. Yeah. And you and wear the smock that would be like a hundred degrees. Okay. And then later, I guess later on in the series, they added uh, two more people: Rex Charger and John Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's. Thunder. <laughs> God damn it, Victor. Stop that. <laughs> so, I enjoyed every story. I feel the strangling coming on. Now, just to give credit where credit is due, because I actually had fun with this one. Voices was voice acted by Jen and Jean Rose. Ooh, thank you very much for that. That was a good, that was a good one. Yay. The Gecko... The gecko was done by me, myself, Al. Thank you very much. Yeah. Me, myself, and Al. <laughs> and then we had a great story called There is a Reaper, which was voiced by the great Vic, Pickle Vic over there in Jarrell. Yeah, great Pickle Vic. Come on. You just yes. sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah. Just Pickle Vic. He's just plain Pickle Vic. They did great a good Vic. job. I think, I think they did a wonderful job with that story. Yes. 
So those are the stories. Now, the, I mentioned here, Voices the Gecko were from one of my book, my, one of my favorite books from way back in the day when I was a little kid. It was called Tales from the Midnight Hour. It was published by uh, Scholastic. Remember Scholastics? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> by uh, uh, Judas Stamper. Uh, I, we take no kind of monetary value for this. Uh, we just want to read the story. get paid for this? No, we cannot get paid for oh, this. Oh, man. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You know what <laughs> I could do with money? I now that's evil. <laughs> this, this, was just, this was just for fun. I give credit to, to Scholastic. All credit goes to the publisher, Scholastics, and uh, Judas Stamper. This is their story. This is theirs. This is not original stuff. And, of course, uh, Victor mentioned there is a Reaper which was by, I forgot the, the guy's name. It was Charles DeVette, I believe. Charles, so, Charles V. DeVette. And that was found in the free domain site. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all credit goes to uh, that uh, gentleman as well. These were just scary stories we wanted to tell for a Halloween episode podcast. because we like scary stories, just open up a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> plenty of scary stories. Well, I hear the horrors we got planned for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, like, uh, if, if you like the stories that we read, uh, you can find There is a Reaper was on, on the website and the free domain sites. But Tales from the Midnight Hour, I, I believe there are two volumes out now. You can find those on Amazon. Uh, that's pretty much uh, where I found these stories. Uh, what about the library? Maybe the library. Or the library. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, you can read more about it. Yeah. <laughs> Still th- they still exist. You ding, go ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Star. Yeah. You know what's scary? We're getting old. We still remember libraries. <laughs> oh my God. I don't even know if they still exist. So thank you for everybody who participated today. Everybody who participated for the recordings of the story. Yay. Clap, Yay. God damn it. Ray, you want to hear another scary story? What? We're out of alcohol. You son of a... <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do it. No, no. Victor. What? Should I mention the website? <laughs> Stop choking, mate. <laughs> mm, I don't know. I think maybe you could use a little thunder first. Uh, now you can mention the website. So you can find us and all our content on nerdspork.com. Yes, I said nerdspork.com. Mike, thank you again. Nerdspork.com. You can find all our content there. <laughs> Uh, you can also find us on the Twitters and Instagram at NerdSpork. So, thank you again. This is one of your hosts here. This is Al. Pickle Vic. Mike. Evil Ray. Thank you very much. Everybody have a happy Halloween, a safe Halloween, and stop choking, mate. Thunder, 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 thunder. <laughs> <laughs> thunder, 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 thunder. <laughs>